um, increasing defence spending by £24.1 billion over the next four years. That's £16.5 billion more than our manifesto commitment, exceeding our NATO pledge and investing £190 billion over the next four years. More than any other European country and more than any other NATO ally except the United States. friends and welcome to mandatory redistribution party i'm sean morley and my name is jack lewis evans today's episode is about war blimps and clifford the big red dog do you remember do i remember clifford the war the war jack i've never been in a war were we in a war was clifford in a war no we weren't in a war but we have to remember the war and respect the fallen by wearing our poppy to support the current or future wars Don't disrespect the troops, please, Sean, on this podcast. Jack, I'm not sure I'm understanding. I don't like war. I like Clifford, the big red dog. Can we wear a little red dog instead? No, you will wear a poppy. And if you pretend to mishear poppy as puppy, Jack, you're saying wear a puppy, I will get really angry. And if you at home want to support your brave old boys, you can do so by supporting and remembering us on patreon.com slash mandatory redistribution party. And instead of observing the minute silence, you can actually use that time to tell your friends loudly and proudly about this wonderful podcast. Happy warmest. If you're cold, they're Jack. cold. Bring Jack. your wars inside. A war Jack, we gotta go. isn't just for Remembrance Jack. Day, it's for life. Now remember Jack, to watch the go. Queen's speech Jack. and be tolerant Jack. of your dad's day drinking today. Jack, After we've got to get out of here. It's warmest. Jack, we seriously got to go now. I'm dreaming go. of Move. a wild. I actually had this big argument with people recently when I was saying that Halloween, yeah. while commercialised, uh-huh. is not as commercialised as most other holidays. What? Halloween? What? Yeah, I know. And that's just, I'm getting, what, what getting the, grief what, everywhere. On what metric? <laughs> Christmas? Okay. Uh, well, obviously, if you compare to Christmas, it's dwarfs, but it can't even compete with Father's Day and Mother's Day. It can When's the last time you saw fucking Father's Day and Mother's Day movies? Is there a Steam Mother's Day sale? I think that I'm not surprised if there was an itch.io Mother's Day sale. I think the reasons these generate more money is because they are fundamentally about gift buying, whereas Mm. Halloween is about decorations buying. And I don't think there's as much market. I think a lot of people DIY their costumes, though. Sweets. I went ham on sweets so my house won't get wrecked by the little lads. But every other big holiday comes with sweets as well. So you got sweets okay, on top. Sweet, yeah, okay, sweets are the main thing, whereas actually they're a sideshow on other stuff. Yeah. Well, it, it, and, and the other stuff, you're buying so much, you forget that you're also buying sweets. 
you know what you you've won that's i'm in now because it's not fundamentally about uh, buying something for other yeah, people yeah, yeah. it doesn't upscale as much right that you keep getting people to buy more and more yeah and i think one th- holiday that needs to start becoming more commercialized and bringing in the big bucks uh-huh. is remember it sunday more commercialized every holiday needs to make more profit year after year otherwise but, what's the point yeah because Le- what makes more money than war but you're not selling war to the consumers, are you? That's the problem. You don't need, you need to. More... You just take it in tax. I want B to C war sales. What percentage of of tax goes to war? Enrage the MMT people who are like, actually, your tax doesn't pay for. But but hypothetically, if we imagine that that the, the simplistic and economically flawed notion that income tax directly pays for government spending, like how much of it do we think goes to war? Doesn't like a good chunk go to a bomb we'll never use? Yeah. <laughs> like, isn't a lot of it's just been like, because that's part of war, isn't it? Just having a massive bomb. Consider that just making the bomb is its use. Like, that is its purpose. Just making the bomb the, is the, a war. <laughs> <laughs> that's just like a side of War is like a side effect of the military industrial complex that happens sometimes. That they need to keep the military industrial complex going. Remembrance Sunday. Remembrance Sunday, you're right, is not as consumer-focused. But uh, I think once you bring war into the equation, like it's imagine if the there was a profitable holiday all yeah, year round. Imagine if there was a Christmas tax that you had to pay every fucking month. Yeah. Out of your PAYE, bang, straight to Christmas, straight to Halloween. Imagine there was like a massive Father Christmas on a submarine and everyone debates whether or not we should keep paying for its upkeep because one day that Father Christmas might wake up and it will destroy a continent. <laughs> we shouldn't keep paying this guy mince pies. We need to just stop having it. Let's 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 reduce tuition fees and not have the Father Christmas. No, no, we need the Father Christmas. We need the Father Christmas. I think there should be like a uh, Remembrance Sunday Father Christmas, like a, like a like a God of War, like Kratos from those video games. Mm. Or like the Re- the Grim Reaper, and he also comes down the chimney, um, and he just he takes your firstborn. Now that you're bringing like cool figureheads into it, yeah, like this cool. is the information I don't want to get out. Oh, right, is that if, if ever a major country got a gun down, <laughs> major country, one of the big one of the big hitters of being a state, yeah, yeah, if ever they got a gun down, popular pacifism would fizzle out straight away. Well, because they would want to fight the Gundam, they would want to see the Gundam doing things. And no, I thought they would have to accept war. <laughs> but you wouldn't want to fight the Gundam. No, but I'd want to see it do things. <laughs> yeah, I would be more of a pacifist if I knew there was a danger of me fighting a Gundam. I think it would, it would create more of a danger of my own government getting a Gundam. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to get a Gundam now. Yeah, the fucking British Gundam. It would be Union Jack with like poppies. I love like um, I love a poppy on like military equipment like i love a poppy mm. on a jet that is a means of death like remember that we will we will always remember them and we will continue to kill in their honor i also like poppies that are on like machinery that's yeah. not like militarized but it's not like you know like part a of the design. it's not part of the paint job they've had to affix something onto it that extrudes from the metal so it better <laughs> resembles a human wearing a poppy as like a voluntary conscious choice <laughs> i really actually i want to commend you right now sean on um the poppy you're wearing but sean right now has painted his nude body green and his his head is the core of a poppy his head would be the opiate you know, like if I was in pain in a medieval setting, 
it is Sean's head I would desire. Mm, and my head is, of course, wreathed by red petals. Yeah. But they're also dripping blood to symbolise, of course, the many lives lost in World War One. <laughs> He's written on his chest in blood, lest we forget. So, I mean, I really wanted to win our just interpersonal poppy competition, but now I see that you're wearing a, a gigantic poppy about mm-hmm. the size of a dustbin lid, and it just yeah. depicts Sonic the Hedgehog crying. <laughs> Uh, and he's also wearing a poppy. Yeah, he's Look. also wearing a poppy, and he's yeah. in the trenches, and yeah. he's got gout. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you could tell it's not the hedgehog, actually, because of the gas mask. Because of the gas mask, and because of the scarring, bullet wounds, and clearly trauma-addled face. Yeah, it's why, actually, Sonic hangs out with Tails, because Tails' ability to fly using said Tails um, is a means to uh, push mustard gas away from Sonic in the trenches. <laughs> Yeah. Any um, organic or gas weapons come through, Tails will remove them. Of course, when Tails actually goes above the trench line, he is, of course, an open target for any sniper fire. (laughs) He's orange as well. He's really easy to see. (laughs) Against almost any natural backdrop. Yeah. You know Knuckles the Echidna, who's the sort of third primary Sonic character that that has, again, uh, titular knuckles that are like spikes. Mm-hmm. So there's genuine World War One weaponry, which is a punch gauntlet. A World War One gauntlet for punching. A punch, specifically a punch gauntlet, Sean, which okay. is a a metal gauntlet mm-hmm. with a spike on it. It's related to the trench spike. You familiar with the trench spike? Not really. Okay, so the trench spike. So you know you're familiar with going over the top, right? You've all seen that Blackadder episode your history teacher put mm-hmm. on because they wanted to go. They wanted to have a rest. You go over, and if you don't get shot. Can happen. What, are you going to punch them? Well, this is it. You're on the other side. What kind of gun you got? If, you, if you're lucky, maybe you got a pistol, but not necessarily. A lot of brawling goes on in the trenches. People forget about the brawling. Everyone knows about the mud and the going over the top, and then the, the other guys have got machine guns and the gas. A lot of brawling in World War One. You're in the trenches. You got a brawl. And people would get knuckle dusters so they could... Right? right. Then the army started issuing like a pimped out knuckle duster, which is a knuckle duster. I'm holding my fist up to Sean as if to show him an imaginary knuckle duster. Uh, like a knuckle duster with a spike, a huge spike like that. I, that doesn't work on a podcast. Oh, okay. A so that's like the length of a forearm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A large spike. So you can punch in the head to disorientate. And while your opponent is bamboozled by this attack, you can you spike down into their brain because it was designed to go through a helmet. Oh, so the spike goes down from the fist. Yeah, yeah. yeah spike goes spike goes down. It's like a knife, but it's a spike because a knife couldn't um, like a knife. If you tried to knife on a helmet, the knife would slide off. But a spike, you know, what? I don't have to explain a spike. A spike again, a feature of the Sonic games, which is very dangerous. You know how dangerous a spike is to Sonic. One hit kill, yeah, <laughs> yeah. One- <laughs> <laughs> All your rings fall out. A lot of uh, World War One soldiers burst in rings. Yeah. You know it's a bad night when you're hearing the noise of yeah. rings scattering, <laughs> echoing across the trenches. Yeah. I only need one ring back. I could take another hit. Yeah. <laughs> That's just one ring. <laughs> oh, God. That'd be hot. That'd be fucked up. The idea of braining someone with your fist. That oh, is fucked. done me in. Well, yeah. So there's the trench spike. So that is knuckle duster with a big spike on it. But then the upgrade deluxe is the trench gauntlet slash punch gauntlet a spike on a glove, on a metal glove. And that's for going, that's not for going down, that's for going forward into their face. I think the trenches should have been safe. I think if you reach the other size, you're allowed to defect. 
That's how I would have done it. <laughs> danger, 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 safe. Like that's how you design game. it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what a lot of... I think I assumed that when I was a child, that like... By the nature, I'm of, German think, now. Yeah, I think I. Yeah, exactly. I'm on this team. Yeah, yeah. that's why the player end up playing football. Who are we fighting? Yeah. Oh, it's my old friends. Let's get yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Hi, hi guys. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Yeah. Do you remember when we got we picked teams at the start? Gotta go fast. Yeah. <laughs> Trench bike. May I can talk about World War One weapons for days. The flechette. Are you familiar with this? Okay, the flechette is... Oh, he's got the flechette. It's a yep. kind of knife attachment on something. Oh, is it very, a... you're very close. Not... Imagine it's a knife. It's, it's kind of detached to nothing until it's detached, attached to your head. Oh, okay, so... um, it's a projectile knife. It's a throwing nope. knife. It's a, uh, a very, hidden knife. You're very... It's, a, mm. it's like one of Spider-Man's webs, but it comes out and it's a knife. Um, okay, so the flechette is you wouldn't know the flechette was coming until it was too late, right? Mm -hmm. So what the flechette is, is you fly a, 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 a craft over the battlefield. A craft? A various airborne craft. Okay, right? some sort of gliding simple, chassis. Yeah, simple, low-flying aircraft, right? Uh -huh. And you haven't got... but You don't drop bombs, okay? Mm -hmm. What you drop, uh, and these fall silently from the sky is a flechette, which is a large um, spike. <laughs> it's just spikes again. <laughs> it's, just, it's like a dart. It's like a big, it's a really big dart, right? About the size of your, your forearm, uh -huh. okay? And they would fly over the trenches and just drop flechettes and they would fly down from the sky and just smash into your body. So they could like ping you. <laughs> they could I'm not making this into yeah, stuff. Flechette. Yeah, it's fucked up. So World they're just like... Big heavy metal spikes with enough yep. weight to just go through whatever it lands on. World War One is fucked. They, it's it's like the first modern war, but they're using Napoleonic tactics. On the one hand, they're using Napoleonic tactics, but on the other hand, they're just like just making anything up. They had a um, mm. so they used. Do you know they used little catapults in the trenches to fire grenades? Okay. Yes. Because you don't want a trebuchet because that will send it miles, right? Yeah, yeah. So well, you just want a little one. <laughs> a little catapult, yeah. Like a sort of yeah. like four or five foot catapult. But then the French invented the grenade crossbow. Okay. So and you still have to pull a... Do you have to... Does the crossbow also pull the ring off or do you have to pull the ring off and then shoot? I don't know the specifics of the World War One grenade. I just know the means by which they were hurled at the enemy. It's all about just getting bad stuff to go in that little divot mm. and actually yeah. putting more Including energy into you. that than... That's what I was going to say. There's more yeah. energy put into getting bad stuff into that divot yeah. than protecting your divot, which is pretty open, but then so's theirs because you've got completely symmetrical tactics. Oh, no, you protect the divot. You protect the divot. Um, With little wooden fortifications and stuff, but they weren't like heavily fortified. Were they? The periscope gun. Stuff. Do you know about that? Which I think is genius. Uh, it's a gun and you just... You just put the gun up on a stick and just shoot it without yeah, endangering it. yourself? That's exactly what it is. Some, okay, someone, they, they didn't have loads of them, but at some point, someone went, well, hold on. When we go over, if we put our head over the top, we get snipered. Mm -hmm. Tails is fucked. He's been chasing one ring for ages. Tails is dead, yeah. <laughs> he's not dead. He keep, he's got one ring. <laughs> one ring he just keeps trying to land on but each what, time. What his deaths have taught us is stay down. So here's an idea. We put the gun, we find a way to fire the gun, because we want that. We want to get them over the top. We want to fire the gun, but we don't want our head with our brain in it over the top. Mm. That is how we die. So obviously option one of this is helmet. You think, oh, the bullet will hit the helmet and then 
I'll be all right. No, the helmets were bad. So upgrade, don't put your head over at all. Periscope gun. You're telling me when the when the bullet hit the helmet, it wouldn't just spin round comically incredibly fast. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> they, Why um, didn't they? Everyone's so obsessed with this over the top. Yeah. I've read going on a bear hunt. Yeah. They could have just gone under. Yes, Couldn't they, they tunnel, tunnel under? They did did they do that? Yeah, they tunnel. And that's again, you'd tunnel. Um, and it was easier to carry, obviously, small arms, but small pistols, much more expensive than a trench spike. So your rifle, you know, you're not taking that through a tunnel, but trench bike. You're just climbing through a, a tunnel and in then the middle emerge. of Belgium. Yeah. With massive spikes on your hands, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like a mole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. It feels like almost anything that I could sit here and think, why didn't they do this? Someone did. Everyone's just doing yeah, whatever they could think war. of. Yeah, there's a massive war. So I think a once a war. Avant-garde war tactics. Once a war is at that scale and it's just an absolute meat grinder. I think it comes to a point, like a year in, where... Any suggestion goes. Everything's worth a shot. You know, there's like different kinds of poppies. I, yeah, there's like two or three that I know of. Which ones do you know? Well, I know the red one and the white one. And yeah. then wasn't there like... So red, red is classic. Let's go for them. Red is classic, mm. which is remember those who died in World War One, And then at some point, remember those who died in all wars got added so they could use it to just... <laughs> they could the use war. it in an era without educating people about World War One. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's happened fairly recently because I vaguely remember stuff in primary school being primarily about World War One, and something mm. flipped where it was just like, it was probably the Iraq War, wasn't it? And then you got your, your white poppy, which is the mm. peace one. That's really old. You know, that's 1920s. They wanted to replace... Um, it's that old yeah because I, I think is it, the poppy say less we, less we forget in them now but they used to say like the Hague Fund or whatever because it was you know it's, right but and they, they someone proposed oh it should say like never again or end all war or peace or something in the poppy and the poppy people were like no well actually maybe you do need a war <laughs> so no, yeah. no, no. and then so there's a separate then there's, you got the then you got the white poppy spin off and then you got the black poppy which is the poppy for I people who the resisted the war so people who mutinied or uh, went to prison for non, you know, refusing to fight in the war. Legends. So what if if you wear the black poppy sympathetically with the with the resistors of the war? Yes, people who mutinied and people who didn't go to war. Where can and, you go? And Quakers. They sell them. I think I like anarchist bookshops. It's going to be like your number one place to go. I think. Purple poppy. You know about this? I've come across one, but I can't remember what it means. It's for the animal victims of war. It's for you to wear. So you pin your animal victims of war poppy to your lapel as you sit down at your all-you-can-eat carvery, and you think about the cute horses and puppies that died in the war. You think about while the bomb you dogs. Chow down. Yeah. <laughs> bomb, do- bomb, bomb dogs is World War Two. Mercy, oh, yeah. they did it. That's one of the ones they didn't think of. Mercy dogs they had. You know about that? Uh, no. Mercy dog is when you are dying and they just leave a dog with you. What, just to be your friend? Yeah. But the dog's like pretty much a write off as well. Why is the dog a write off? Because it's. Because they're just. It's fucking World War One. This is why there's a purple poppy for them because people were treating animals like absolute shit. Did they bring out. Did, were dogs brought out to the front lines just yeah, for that job? Yeah, that's. I've read that somewhere. I don't think it's like standard issue. Like, here's your dog. When you die, that's going to stay with you. No, it's like, here, we've got 10 dogs. The first 10 of you to I die, think, get a so dog. It's a we'll try and retrieve the dog each time. But that number of dogs will dwindle. So if you're desperate <laughs> to die, with, you are going to die. So if you're desperate to die with a dog, yeah, don't never, be careful. I'm familiar, <laughs> I'm familiar with the concept of the mercy dog. Yeah, get your death in quick if you want the dog. Yeah. If you want There's to die be an solo, incentive for a quick death. Normally, no. that's really bad. <laughs> uh, I, I think the Mercy Dog. It must have just been a regular dog because they had dogs to like 
keep kill rats and stuff in the trenches. Okay. Um, and just as like a you know little mate, like the trenches are rough. You got a dog. It's an upgrade, right? Immediately. It's better, yeah. Yeah. Um, like if I was dying in a trench, I would actually quite like the dog. I'm not yeah, knocking it. I would, I, yeah, 100%. Mercy dog or no mercy dog? Obviously mercy dog. But I don't want to... I if tell I could you pick between mercy dog or a person who could talk to me or, or a priest <laughs> with last rites, I want the I would dog. Be mercy dog, yeah, upgrade. Yeah. I would like to go to a church and confess my sins to a dog. What, like a, a Catholic church and yes. then do actual confessional yes. in the booth? Yes. And you'd say it's been this long since my last confession, yes. the dog would go woof. <laughs> no, I no, they wouldn't woof. They would do, you know when dogs go... <sighs> that makes the dog sound disappointed in you, which would make me less yeah. likely to confess. Well, No, no, no. A good, a good confessional dog <laughs> doesn't appear judgmental. It's supposed to be a safe space. <laughs> it should whine sympathetically. Listen. Pained by the empathy of your guilt. <laughs> but so you, you have to feed it ten treats and say one Hail Mary and you can go back to war. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd, I'd go Mercy. But I wouldn't, I'll tell you what would put a down on the Mercy Dog. If you knew the Mercy Dog was going to die with you. I'd be pushing, I'd be like, go away. Go and befriend the Germans. They'll look after you. Oh, what, like the, you're breaking the dog's heart because the dog wants to stay with you and you die and you're like, no, I love, I've only met you a few seconds ago. Yeah, but I, I love, love you. you. Go and live... <laughs> Go and defect. Go be a German dog. <laughs> defect. Go enjoy the Rhineland. <laughs> just for a bit, though. Not actually. That's not going to be German. Oh, just for yeah. a bit. Enjoy it for five years. Yeah. <laughs> five years. Go back to Belgium. They also used animals to obviously they had like canaries and stuff for the gas. But I feel like right, there's not yeah. like in a mine where the canary can be pretty useful. I think if the mustard gas, you're like, oh, canary's gone. I think once the canary's gone. If it's mustard gas, you're also fucked. Well, yeah, because it's mustard gas, right? Because it only takes yeah, a little really bit to gone anything. It's fucked mustard gas. Yeah. They, mustard gas is so fucked that modern arms companies aren't selling that shit. And that's bad. That's... And that's bad. That means it's really bad. Really or bad. at least not profitable. Oh, you think it was just really expensive to make <laughs> and we can make stuff cheaper now? Yeah, maybe. It's like, oh, it's, it's like when they'd like... Different things with like, oh, you can't really call that butter because it's not got the right ingredients yeah. in. This is actually a cheaper thing. It's not technically butter. Yeah. So we can't technically call it mustard yeah, gas because of the Food Standards Agency. They'll just be using something more like differently fucked that makes more money or or is more important somewhere else in the chain, like depleted uranium mm. gas fucked up. And it killed a lot of people, World War One, right? World War One, huge death count. I heard... Oh, good yeah. you can you can tell me if this is true. At, at, at the end of like the nineteenth century, yeah. like America, the New World, just mm -hmm. like was economically, you know, it was Wild West, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then because a lot of Europe just basically killed an entire generation of men, uh -huh. it completely stalled basic technological, cultural, yes. and economic development for so long yeah, yeah, that yeah. America's like, hey, we're a whole new superpower here yeah. <laughs> because we didn't kill all of our men. The key thing you're going to need to do if you're going to do hardcore military industrial complex is make sure that the bombs, no bombs land on you. Mm. Sell them to others. So America did that twice, you know, World War I and World War II. They got to observe and sell. Yeah. Whereas the stuff, yeah. if, this, if it's landing on you as well, that's it's gone wrong. You're not doing military industrial yeah. complex. It ain't worth it. It yeah. ain't worth the kaching if you're also getting kaboom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, remember. <laughs> Put that on a poppy. <laughs> Thank you.
A lot of people have been emailing me saying, Jack, I don't remember World War I. Nigel, a 27-year-old tugboat operator from Plymouth said, I know there's a World War II, so there must have been a World War I. If not, that's mad. That's a mad thing to call a war. Maria, a 32-year-old fraudulent chiropractor from Stockport, says, I keep seeing lest we forget, and I'm thinking, if I forgot, I wouldn't know I've forgot. Like, what have I forgotten? Bing is telling me World War One and giving me your email address. Please assist. I am happy to confirm to both of you that there absolutely was a World War One. At the time, there's not many people calling it World War One. You know, people who did are real pessimistic. Like, you don't want to be hanging out with them in the trenches. They're going to bring down the mood. People did call it the War to End War which was maybe too far in the optimistic direction. Some people called it the Great War, which it was not, it was bad. From July 1914 to November 1918, capitalism and imperialism dragged humanity into an abyss of industrialized carnage. Estimates put the death toll of the war, never mind the flu pandemic that hit the world in 1918, at over 20 million people. The war turned the landscape of Europe into a wasteland covered in barbed wire and mud, wet with rain and blood. The brutality of imperialism had come home. It was a war between competing empires that had spent years building up their war machines and doing brinksmanship, which is the national equivalent of lads outside a pub going, Come on then, come on then, what are you going to do mate? Come on then, I'm a black belt. Except instead of them each wielding an empty glass of carling, they've got a fleet of dreadnoughts. World War I has a weird place in popular culture, especially compared to the higher budget, more mainstream sequel. It's partly because it was longer ago. It's also partly because it's trickier to frame the UK as the good guys without Hitler. Like every time Britain and America have gone to war since 945, they've compared their enemy to Hitler. You know, no one was saying Saddam Hussein or Gaddafi were Kaiser Wilhelm. What gets taught in UK school history about the First World War and what appears on like TV kind of says a lot, partly by what it misses out. Like we do learn that the European powers had empires and they saw each other as a threat as they competed for territory. However, the explanation you get is kind of all about the empire's perceptions of each other, rather than the pillaging, the brutality they're enacting on the conquered, and the armies they're building up to do so. It's as if we empathise with the empires, right? Not their victims, in any way. The reason you'll get for Russia joining the war won't be that the Tsar thought he could use patriotism and conscription to suppress the rising threat of revolution or try to get access to the Mediterranean for trade. It'll be because they had an alliance with Serbia that they had to honour. The reason you'll get for Germany declaring war won't be that they had less colonial territory than the other European powers and their ruling class saw an opportunity to alter the balance. It'll be because they had an alliance with Austria-Hungary. The reason you'll get for Britain joining won't be its desire to keep its place as the most powerful empire on earth, subjugating and exploiting millions of people. It's because they had an alliance with Belgium. Honourable gentlemen had given their word to these alliances and an archduke getting popped just meant they were tragically forced to kick the working class into a meat grinder. I don't want to boot you into the grinder. I do so with a tear in my eye. By focusing on the causes and the course of the war in school history, making your little paper mache trench, doing a map of Franz Ferdinand's route before he got popped, we don't really talk about the end of the war. Bizarrely, the extent of what we do learn about the end of the war fits pretty well with what the aforementioned Hitler might emphasize, the cruelty of the Treaty of Versailles. Like, yeah, the Treaty of Versailles confiscated 10% of Germany's territory and limited its military, but even with that, 
Germany was the largest, richest nation in Central Europe, and the reparations are linked to its ability to pay. It was mostly unenforced. The fact that they weren't allowed a military meant that the state would invest money in other, more productive stuff that wasn't to do with killing. Compare the Treaty of Versailles with, say, the Treaty of Brest-Litovsk, which the Germans had imposed on the new Bolshevik Soviet government in Russia in 1918. As well as demanding 6 billion marks in reparations, they took a million square kilometers of land, which included 27% of the Soviet's arable land and 9,000 of roughly 16,000 factories. Like compared to that, like the idea that the Treaty of Versailles was so uniquely harsh isn't just bullshit, it's Nazi bullshit. But I don't just bring up the Soviets for that comparison. I bring it up because one of the key reasons World War I ended that we do not get taught was that there was a revolution in Germany in 1918. This was part of an international trend of resistance to the war. In February 1917, Soviets, soldiers, sailors, and workers' councils formed across the Russian Empire and overthrew the Tsar. In April 1917, a revolt began in the French military involving 40,000 soldiers deserting their posts and singing revolutionary songs. In October 1917, the Italian army also faced mass desertion with soldiers chanting, the war's over, up with Russia. No joke, there was a Soviet established in June 1917 in Leeds. But in Germany, even though they had been militarily decimated, the German fleet were ordered to sea against the British Navy. The Kaiser was sending these men to kill and die for his own ego and nothing else. But they said, you know what, fuck that. We're not gonna to listen to you. On the 29th of October, 1918, the German sailors began to mutiny. They refused to obey orders and spread revolt across the fleet. Within days, the port city of Kiel was under the democratic control of a sailors and workers council. But next, there were massive demonstrations across Germany as town after town and city after city stopped recognizing the government as they replaced it with their revolutionary councils. The anti-war communist Karl Liebknecht, whose dad, William, was drinking buddies with a man called Karl Marx addressed a crowd outside Berlin Palace declaring that Germany was now a socialist republic and would not be continuing the war. The war ended because the working class of Germany carried out an anti-war socialist revolution. But what happened after this was pretty bleak. Now you probably know the longer term of what happened in Germany but you also get the gist with what happened to Karl Liebknecht just a few months later, the German equivalent of the British Labour Party collaborated with a fascist militia to suppress communism in Germany and ended up getting Karl shot in the back. Key thing, World War I. Now you remember. Mate, I'd love a blimp. I'd love to see a blimp. I'd love to go on a blimp, a zeppelin. What is, is there a difference between a blimp and a zeppelin? To be honest, I was going to, given that you've started the blimp discourse, I was going to ask these questions. Yeah, I don't know. And I don't, I don't care. You know what I mean? Big balloon, not hot air balloon. I don't care mm. about them. I, I don't, there's something about hot air balloon, which just doesn't do it for me. Whereas a blimp, I'm in. Wasn't there a very famous American blimp disaster that really took the wind out of the sails of blimping globally? The Hindenburg. Isn't um, the the balloon of a blimp full of flammable gas, but the, also the blimp requires... No, I think they changed the blimp gas after that. They should have changed the blimp gas before that. 
That's my, that's my two cents. <laughs> Isn't there a thing like we're running, running out of helium? Oh, yeah, because um, scientists now can't get access to helium. Or is it the scientists are hogging the helium? Scientists are evolved. What gas in blimp? Helium. That's top Googling. Oh, hold on. The usual gases for lifting airships are hydrogen and helium. Hydrogen is the lightest known gas and thus has great lifting capacity, but it is also highly flammable and has caused many fatal mm. airship disasters. Many. Helium is not as buoyant, but is far safer than hydrogen because it does not burn. So hydrogen, I imagine, is what was in Hindenburg. Yeah. Helium is the thing that we is safer, but there is a shortage of. I, I used to know why it was shortage. I'm just going to... I'm not as good at Googling it was as you shortage. Are. I don't know why it was shortage. <laughs> What, you're going to come down all eat shoots and leaves on me? You understand what I'm asking here. <laughs> Language evolves. <laughs> I'm searching where has the helium gone. Yeah, good. Google pod. Me and Sean just oh, this... sequentially search. We'll have one search each. Do you know it's the second most common element in the universe? Helium? Yes, where's it all bloody gone? Helium's just non-renewable. We just find it. We can't make it. Sounds wrong, doesn't it? shouldn't be burning through that doing funny voices yeah why have i been inhaling helium to do a funny high voice and someone going that helium's never coming back yeah that's gone now <laughs> you've just snuffed that out of the world <laughs> oh my god well hang on well, what am i saying that doesn't go and that hasn't vanished out of the universe it's in me it's, or well no no it's not in you it's in the atmosphere you breathe it back out i'll breathe it back out but then you can't get right, it out that's of the renewable atmosphere. that's the problem so one day there'll be a point where no one can do a silly high voice like that anymore. Well, it's not just a silly voice. Like, what is, hold on. What is helium used for? Science. It's, it's going to come back with science, I think. Number one, balloons. <laughs> I can live in a world with no balloons. Yeah. Just put air in the balloons. That doesn't matter. That, that, that's no, it's no, rubbish. Is that... the, air, the mouth inflated balloon will never compete with the helium balloon. And you can't mouth inflate a blimp. You can't kick around. You know when you like play keepy-uppies with a little balloon? Can't do that with a helium balloon. It just goes away. Is there a Godzilla movie where he does keepy-uppy with a blimp? I don't think it'll be one of the main Godzilla movies. I feel like that must be some sort of spin-off. Number two, medical applications. That's more important than balloons, mm. I think. Number three, vehicles. Presumably blimps. blimps. Yeah. Um, helium is very unreactive. It's used to detect leaks in car air conditioning. Oh, who fucking cares? Barcode scanners. What? We can't scan barcodes with no heat. One day we're going to run out of barcode what? scanners. Supermarket. What the fuck? You know the 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 laser in a checkout. Um... It's like a little gun. Yeah, I remember yeah, this. yeah, yeah. Do you know what is inside the gun? Do you know what's the ammo of the gun? I bet you can guess. A helium, I think. <laughs> it's helium because it is a helium neon gas laser. What? What the fuck? Helium neon. Helium neon. A gas laser. Yeah, and they won't be able to scan anything. So if helium runs out, everything's free then. No, if helium runs out, the checkout queue's going to be really long because people are going to be reading the fucking numbers no, off the top. free. Yeah, it won't do that. <laughs> Just everything's free faster. I don't I don't know. I think it would be nine, two, seven, three. And that's just for one nah, be like, packet of crisps. Do you remember QuickSave when you just, everyone used to just remember everything? Because they didn't have them scanners. So you just had to memorise the price of everything in the shop until person. Shops are getting too big now, though. It's too much stuff. Shops are getting too big and nah, they're too popular. because you're not using it. because you're not using it. Do you remember, like, used to, people used to be able to know loads of telephone numbers. Mm, it's true. My number retention and mental maths is just gone. Yeah, because you don't need to use it. So you think a maths teacher, mm. do you think they will do more towards public, like, knowledge and use of maths by, instead of teaching maths, 
using up lots of helium. Yes. There you go. If you're listening, <laughs> got you a hobby. You know what to do. <laughs> yeah, silly voices all day. <laughs> Math teacher. Chug, chug, chug. Attacking helium storage compounds. Do you know that the Lib Dems killed a dog? What? I know they killed so many squirrels. Well, it's apparently like not that. Um, it's not that obscure a piece of information. So mm. much so that David Cameron had to get someone to forcibly cut a joke about it from a speech he was going to make uh, while he was prime minister. He was going to say, "Yeah, the Liberal Democrats. We remember them when they were killing dogs." <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what, what? And they're the only. They're the only um, political party to have um, intentionally killed an animal during peacetime. What? Sorry, the political party? <laughs> You're making it sound like the dog was executed ceremonially at the fucking Lib Dem conference or something. I think it was shot um, with a gun. <laughs> what? <laughs> because the leader of the Liberal Democrats had hired a hitman <laughs> to kill... What, I think it was a German... Who? No, it was, it was in Kennedy, who did this? It was... Have you ever heard of the Thorpe Affair? No, like Thorpe Park? It was more like Jeremy Thorpe, the leader of the Liberal Democrat Party in the 1970s. Oh, their 70s, yeah. Everyone's killing dogs yeah. in the 70s. Were they, killing, were they hiring a hitman to kill a dog? No, they were just fighting him, fighting him. They were just fighting the street, them. Brawling. Yeah. That's where British Bulldogs came from. It was off the back of a, a homosexuality scandal. Okay. Back when that's a, that, that that in itself scandal, constitutes... Yeah, yeah. That's a scandal on yeah, its own, yeah, yeah. isn't it? Very the 70s. And basically... A guy who claimed to have had an affair with the yeah. leader of the Liberal Democrat Party. It all went to trial when this guy also started claiming, after it all hit the tabloid press, yeah. that the leader of the Liberal Democrat Party had sent a hitman to make him go away. What the fuck? What I'm saying here is come out in the trial, and, and they were acquitted, but I also think that this, they did it. Allegedly. Who shot the dog. Is this the person no, he, allegedly? He, he genuinely shot the dog, right? Oh, the dog okay, was genuinely okay. shot. Yeah. It's more of a question about whether he was paid to give him a scare mm. or paid to actually try and kill Norman Joseph, okay, otherwise yeah. known as Norman Scott. But then it turned out he had a big dog. So the hitman just drove him around for a while, mm. got them to get both get out of the car, shot the dog, and then said, you're next. How big a dog? I think it was a German Shepherd. I think okay. it was quite... We're not talking Clifford. The kind of dog... Oh, I mean, I think it would take more than a single bullet to... Uh, a single bullet would only enrage Clifford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clifford, Clifford could that, take down Kong. Clifford could take down a tank, I'd say. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Not necessarily blow it up and destroy all the people in the tank, but could, could bend... Stop it. Mm. Could bend the arm mm -hmm. and maybe, you know, give some of the Caterpillar tracks a good kick in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trap <laughs> the people inside. Oh, definitely. The they are. Yeah, yeah. They will die from starvation mm -hmm. if not from being crushed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do they make in a Clifford film? I hope the Clifford film is it is just what we starts described. off. Yeah, it's just the guys. It starts off after the incident, and they're inside the tank, and you don't know why they're inside the tank, and it's like a it's like it's like the 127 hours movie, but they're inside a tank trying to oh, survive. Oh, so you're and saying the that Clifford is, is more of a background character? Mm, yeah, like like um, <laughs> you know, that's how they're best. You know, like Godzilla's best used like that when you know, like Shin Godzilla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very how good do they, sort of like how do they deal with Clifford? Just to <laughs> just to jump to an even further topic. Yeah. Do you know the film 127 Hours? Right, the guy who yeah, got yeah, yeah. he There's got a real stuck guy. in a ravine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had to like chop off his arm to uh -huh. get out. Yeah, yeah. I used to work for um, a homeless charity. Uh -huh. What name it? But mm. a lot of it was to do with like arts and social clubs and and things to get people out doing stuff. Right, people yeah, yeah. a vulnerable group that have a big history of mental illness. Yeah. And I, someone who was dealing with the film club was ill. And so I took over this film club yeah. and ran it in a bunch of different spots. And people who hmm. were in any way eligible 
um, who were in some way homeless or mm. vulnerably housed all came to watch these films and they were free and we put on food. It was like a nice thing to do, a nice thing to run. But I didn't get to pick the film. Mm. They all came from like love film and they were all, the person who picked them always picked like worthy films, like Oscar mm. winners and stuff that was like important. And it always meant that the films were like really brutal, like really brutal and upsetting. Like, like 127 hours. Shit. It was like Dallas Buyers Club. Fuck, okay, okay. And it's like, oh my God, these guys don't necessarily want to like reckon <laughs> with wow. that. This is too grim. Yeah. And we watched 127 hours and everyone was like, <laughs> yeah. it's like, this is, this is not a chill film. Jesus Get Spider-Man. Yeah. Get Spider-Man. <laughs> Why are you sending me these things? Get Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. These people do not want to see the Clifford movie. Oh, man. Not our Clifford not movie. Not our Clifford movie, no. I love Clifford just only appears for the first. Because if Clifford existed in real life, mm-hmm. instantly militarised. Yeah, yeah. Instantly. Yeah. This would be like how Boris Johnson would make up for those water cannons he spent loads of money on that he never like got or used. Clifford just running rampant in all the areas of urban poverty in inner London. Devouring cops. Clifford would become instant like folklore. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like it would just become a tale. Because it wouldn't be reported on. It would be too much of like a scandal uh-huh. to be reported on in the press. So it would just travel. It would just travel through like oral tradition. Yeah. There's like TikToks of Clifford, but they're like bl- really blurry. And everyone's like, that's CG. That's CG. If I saw a TikTok with Clifford in it, I would say that's CG. When I saw the Clifford trailer, that's what I said out loud. <laughs> I, I, I was I was tapping my partner constantly on the shoulder going, that's CG, that's CG, and it's Clifford. <laughs> what the fuck were we talking about? Yeah, so the Liberal Democrats killed a dog. Allegedly. Mandatory Redistribution Party was created and produced by Sean Morley and Jack Lewis Evans. Our title theme was created by Ella G. Thank you so much for listening and special thanks to those of you who share episodes on social media or support our work on Patreon. If you can afford to help us out, please check out patreon.com forward slash mandatory redistribution party where we have numerous little bonus episodes which are too silly to expose to the world at large. This episode is dedicated to Captain Tom, who I am gutted I never got to prove I could be in a fight. Godspeed, Captain. Godspeed to you, dear listener. Until next time.